You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. And guys, we're going to start off with what was the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, Came down to the wire, Ohio State and Penn State. I know you got a few things to say about that and about James Franklin, Mike, so I'll let you start there. Did your team blow it, Gorney? Blew it. Second year in a row. They blew it. I'm so depressed. How so? Explain to me how they blew it. Because I know. Well, well, they blew it because they don't go to class on Monday and Tuesday and they're not ready for study. No, I'm kidding. Uh, They packed it in. They thought they had the game won. The play calling down the stretch was terrible. That fourth and five call was god-awful. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you get a lead like that, you start to feel like the game's over and... I said to my wife, who was watching the game with me, and beautiful woman for sitting there through that with me, uh, you know, this is not over. When it was 26-14, I said last year they were up, I think, 35-20, and they lost. Uh, and then, you know, Benjamin Victor breaks open, and then, then it's a ball game again. So two years in a row, they, they, they screwed the pooch. Benjamin Victor's a good receiver, but he's not the most elusive guy in the world. How did that happen? And he's so long and lanky, and it, Easy it to looked tackle. like he was in yeah, slow motion going for the last 20 yards, and no one could wrap him up. It was really, really bad. So I think the, the point of this discussion is, is about James Franklin and not Urban Meyer. Obviously, Urban Meyer missed three games, and this is a big win for him and his program, and Ohio State keeps churning towards another Big Ten title, and another potential playoff um, berth. But James Franklin, after the game, said, we don't, we're not going to be great anymore. We're going to be elite. And I don't think they're great. And that was my problem. I wrote that today. I really don't think they're great. I mean, great means you go to the playoff. Great means you uh, win a national championship. Great means you consistently win your own conference. Great does not mean you blow leads like this consistently to an elite program like Ohio State. So as a Penn State graduate, what do you think of James Franklin right now? Well, you know, I did disagree with his comments after the game in this sense, that he said, you know, to go from great to elite, you have to go to class on time and you have to be taking notes in meetings. Well, this was a team that was up 26-14 in the fourth quarter. That was not a great showing. I mean, that was certainly not the level of play, um, you know, that that didn't put them up. Those were not the problems throughout the week that that allowed Ohio State to score twice. And then on fourth and five, the call is a draw to Miles Sanders when Trace McSorley has been unstoppable. Pat Fryermuth has had a great game. Juwan Johnson's a huge outside receiver. You know, I think the coaches put the players in terrible situations down the stretch. Um, you know, I, I still don't know why Ricky Slade didn't play. It seems like he had been doing well and Miles Sanders could have taken a breather. Mark Allen is out. And so, um, there, there were definitely curious calls throughout that game and last year at Ohio State. So 
whether the coaching got tight, whether they're trying to run the clock out. Um, I don't think this is at all on the players because the players got up 35-20 at Ohio State last year and, and then lost the game. They were up 26-14 in the fourth quarter here. Is this a great program? No. I think it's getting to that level. They won the Fiesta Bowl last year, beat Washington, the Pac-12. Uh, you know, probably the best team in the Pac-12. Two years ago, they were in an epic Rose Bowl against USC, probably one of the best of all time. And this is a few years after what could have been crippling sanctions for the program. So uh, they are getting to that level, um, but these are the kind of games that you have to win. The USC game was the kind of game that you had to win to, to kind of be considered on that level. So, no, Penn State is not on Ohio State's level. They've had their number the last couple of years and blew, blew it. They could have beaten Ohio State three years in a row. That could have been huge for James Franklin. And instead, people remember two blown wins. And that would probably make them elite beating Ohio State three straight years. So you think the analogy should have been we're good but not great and we're striving to be great and he would have been under less, I guess, scrutiny? I don't know. I think in the moment he was trying to say, we're a great program. We've done a lot of great things here. We're not at the uh, the elite level of Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Um, I think they are in that second tier, though. But you um, did say they're not great. Okay. Are we saying elite is the highest, great is second level, good is third level? Well, again, I think great and elite are the same. And I yeah. think that's where the semantics come in, is that he said, you know, we're, we're not elite, we're great. What is great to you? I mean, I think great is overused as an adjective quite a bit. Uh, I think Absolutely. everybody's great, you know. Uh, Saquonga Barkley is the greatest running back prospect we've seen come out of college in years, and blah, blah, blah. No, I, right. I hear that stuff all the time, and it annoys me. Greatly, no, no pun intended, <laughs> but um, you know, some some moron on Wake Up NFL or whatever that stupid show is said that the the Rams wide receiver group is the greatest of all time. I oh mean, we're what four games into the NFL season or something like that. So I think great is overused quite a bit. So when he says great, he puts himself in a situation where people are going to definitely scrutinize and criticize him. Because yeah. there's nothing that says Penn State is a great program. Nothing. They, they haven't no, I would, won anything to say that they're great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. If, if, we're using, if, we're not use, if we're using elite and great in the same way, then I think, I think Penn State is a, is a second-tier, very good team with a lot of potential to become great. So are they a top-five team in the country? Probably not. Are they... They haven't won a national championship since 1986, so that's over 30 years of not winning a national championship. Although in 1994 they got screwed, um, and I'll stand by that forever. Oh my God! And in '99, I know exactly. So we're t so so. Can a program be great if they haven't won a national title in 30 years? Alabama is great. Ohio State is great. Clemson is great. Oklahoma is great. I would say those four. Georgia is getting to that level. With I think Georgia and Penn State are on a, on a similar level. Washington is in that discussion. LSU might be there. There are some other schools that that have been there. Um, but but to say that they're one step away from being a program like Alabama, I think that's very far fetched. Well, and so Clemson, you know, got the reputation for Clemsoning every year, and that was just choking a game that they should have won. I don't think anybody expected Penn State to win this game, or if they did expect them to win the game, they expected it to be a close game. But 
aren't they closer to being a, a choking team than they are a great team? I don't know if they're a choking team. Well, I you do said think they that... blew two leads and they should have won two straight years over Ohio State. I mean, <clears throat> it was pretty clear they had this game in control. But Cle- Clemsoning was Clemson would lose a game to Georgia Tech or they'd lose a game to Duke or they'd lose or they'd be up big and and blow a lead and to to a bad team. This is Ohio State. This is Urban Meyer. This is a very very talented team, incredibly well coached all over the field. Um, and and probably at every position, um, I could think of maybe not quarterback, running back for sure, wide receiver absolutely for sure, on the lines definitely, uh, maybe not at linebacker, but all over the field had better players than Penn State. So for three and a half quarters, Penn State, one way or another, figured out how to get a big lead two years in a row. I wouldn't say... Of course, they blew both games. They were up double digits going into the fourth quarter, so those are blowing games. But they're not on the on the on the choke choke artist list yet. Well, I don't know. Again, I like James Franklin. I think he's done a great job at Penn State. There's no doubt in my mind. I think when you talk about being elite and talk about being great and all this other stuff, you, you need to win these games. And if you don't, no, win I agree. These games, you're definitely going to be under scrutiny and, and, you know, ridicule. There's a lot of Penn State fans that are very angry at, at James Franklin at this point in time. Have you checked out the message boards yet? Oh, I I don't need to check out the message boards. I, I just checked my phone Saturday night, and a lot of those guys were in State College, and I grew up two hours east of State College, and those rides home were not uh, not pleasant from my phone. at And, and that was at, like, 1 a.m. Eastern, so that – it was not good. Let's go a little off the radar here with UMass's Mark <laughs> Whipple using a rape comment and officiating rank. How does this happen in this day and age? Um, because some people are not all that bright. He's and... not bright. I mean, he's been around. For, he coached in the NFL. Yeah. He's in his second stint as the UMass coach. Uh, this guy has been around the block for quite some time, and he's been named as a potential head coach at the college football level, at a higher level, at a Power 5 level, numerous times. And this is a guy who's coached Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, others. It's just amazing that he would use this term, and he's been suspended. But you had made a comment off air, which was quite interesting, what, what, what was your comment? What, what did I say? Tell me. I you forget said already. about his punishment. Oh, yes. I, I love that he feels the need or in, the, in a moment of excitement after being mad about the officiating against Miami of Ohio. And could anyone care less about the UMass Miami of Ohio football game? I mean, no. for God's sakes, no one, no one cares. And uh, he has to go to sensitivity training. I think that's the key here. He'll he'll learn his lesson by going to sensitivity training. He will he will know that he made a mistake, and he'll know not to use the word rape when it comes to football. And did you notice the head referee for the game was a woman? <laughs> Maybe last week he was watching the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, and he was just so into them that he had to. Had to use the word. But she's the first female official in the Mid-American and Big Ten conferences, and she was the head referee for the particular game. So you want to talk about stupid. I mean, I, the only reason I mentioned this topic is because it's making national headlines, and 
He's just yeah. so stupid. Um, you know, we, we make light of James Franklin and his great versus elite, but uh, this is just utter stupidity. Now, going from stupidity to just absolute ineptness, yes. what about Nebraska? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 0-4 for the first time since 1945. They've lost eight straight games, uh, which is the longest streak in program history going back to last year. And they look, they just look terrible. They Scott Frost ripped into them after the game, and I thought it was interesting. He said the team has no discipline. They like to lose. There's players dancing on the sideline when they're down. Uh, he, he ripped into Lamar Jackson during the game. Uh, your boy you know, Lamar was, Jackson, not the quarterback for the Ravens, but your boy. Lamar yes, not yeah. The, the Ravens quarterback was not there. The the, the four star defensive back from California who went to there, and I thought throughout all of the, I watched his press conference yesterday while I was working on some stuff for Ask Farrell this week. I'll I'll, I'll plug that. Nice, nice. Um, he said something that uh, someone asked him why he thinks that the team has no discipline, and he said he, he thinks he knows the reason, but he doesn't want to say because this is his team. And so I took that as the people, the previous regime, let the players do whatever the hell they wanted to do, and they were out calabrasking and getting Keyshawn Johnson Jr. Tristan Jebbia was the big fish who's now transferred out of there. And so it feels like, I could be completely wrong, but it feels like you know, there was a lot of publicity and a lot of hype around a bunch of recruits who never really developed. Tyjon Lindsay has done very little there, and that's a shame because that kid is very, very talented. Um, but now he's coming in and trying to lay down the law and put together some discipline, and these guys either resist it, and I'm not saying everybody, but there are some guys on that team that will resist it, or they don't want to hear it, or he doesn't connect with them or something. And there's a lot of players on that team who really want to buy in, but if you don't have everybody bought in, you're going to have trouble. And and Purdue ran them off the field. Michigan crushed them. They lost to Troy in Colorado at home. That's embarrassing. They go to Wisconsin this weekend, and, and what do you expect? A, a complete turnaround? So um, it's going to be a very ugly, long season for Scott Frost. Um, you know, I definitely believe in his system, what he did at UCF, very quickly. Um, but there are some guys there. that it, it sounds like it was a zoo before Scott Frost got there. So you're the... California expert is Calabrasca the most overrated recruiting movement we've seen in the last five years. Sure, and and here's why, and and I'll tell you, if you're really really good in California, you probably will go to USC. If not, you'll be Najee Harris and go to Alabama, or Wyatt Davis and go to Ohio State, or J- um, Jaden Woodby and go to Florida State. Uh, Second-tier kids were going to Nebraska. They were not coming into the state and getting the best players. There's there's no question about that. Tyjon Lindsey was the most talented player, and he's done very little there. Lamar Jackson was a high-end safety, and uh, he's getting yelled at and had his head in his hands and, and is not playing really well. So, yes, very, very overrated. Um, Keyshawn Johnson Jr., we know he's already gone. Tristan Jebbia is already gone. And so the hype machine that that Calabrasca was um, never, ever lived up to anything close uh, to what they expected. These were all big-name guys, though. I mean, Jebbia and Johnson were big-name guys. Obviously, Keyshawn Johnson, because of his dad. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson was our number one safety in the country a few years ago. On and on it goes. Tajon Lindsey was Ohio State commitment. Everybody wanted him. 
Yeah, which which speaks to me that when they got there, they, you know, recruiting is like this. They, they love you up and you're best friends and then you get to campus and the D recruiting starts and now you have to perform and you have to live up to expectations and you have to become mature and become an adult and uh, contribute and do all those things. And it seemed like at Nebraska that never stopped. The recruiting never stopped. So, you know, people loved up on you and you went to Nebraska and people loved up on you. And now Scott Frost comes in and goes, whoa, these guys are down two touchdowns and they're putting a sideline dance together. And, uh, you know, you it's third down and we're getting off the field and here's a penalty and we're hitting guys out of bounds. Those things are complete discipline problems. Um, and Scott Frost can't, can't fix them in four games. And, and now you're seeing, you know, what, what's going on there. Yeah. And it's also funny that one of the voices of Nebraska football is one of their co-captains, Gerald Foster, who's also known as a, not, not a locker room cancer, but just a guy who doesn't really care a whole lot. And that's that's one of your captains. So I mean, yeah. there's no leadership from the upper class. Do you think Ohio State dropped Lindsey? I wouldn't be shocked. Neither um, would I. I, I yeah, think, I, I wouldn't I have be a shocked. Feeling they did. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I I, I would I, I don't know for certain, um, but I would not be shocked uh, that that would have happened. So let's go to the shine. Obviously, Ohio State. Benjamin Victor, both of those were on my shine list. But, uh, you know, as much as Penn State blew this lead, you got to credit Ohio State for what they did. I mean, you know, falling behind early in the game, falling behind, obviously, in the second half. The adjustments they made at halftime were very, very impressive. They're without Boza, um, you know, a little bit shorthanded on the defensive line, and still finding a way to win. I mean, Haskins didn't look very good in the first half and looked like a different quarterback in the second half. So you have to credit, you know, Ryan Day and Urban Meyer for the halftime adjustments they made. Penn State didn't make the same adjustments. Ohio State has clearly, you know, after this very narrow victory, the, the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. The only undefeated team remaining in the Big Ten. Um, they're just a team that's – there's kind of that – and I know this is cliche, but that refuse to lose mentality where even no matter how much we're down, no matter how much the whiteout is screaming, no matter how much anything is going on, we still have the fourth quarter to come back and win. And they did that. And Penn State put up 492 yards and only 26 points. That has to be disappointing. Um, I still go back to the, that last play call was, was so god awful. Um, it was just terrible. They used two timeouts to get to that play call. It's just amazing that coaches are paid what they're paid, and that's what they come up with. You know, coaches are paid money to deliver and let players make plays, and that's the play they come up with. Yeah, just hard was, to believe. The atmosphere was pretty amazing, though. I mean, yeah, it was. that is one of the I'd best have, atmospheres you could possibly be in, in college football. Yeah, I had a couple buddies at the game, and they said that they'd been to whiteouts before, and this wasn't even close. It was just, it was just raucous all night long. People were going crazy, and, and it, it was just a great atmosphere. So for Dwayne Haskins to go on the road and win that game like he did, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Victor and K.J. Hill had a touchdown catch to win it. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing. And Dwayne Haskins has blocked me on Twitter. want to let everybody know that. Um, <laughs> he didn't like his ranking at all. We had him number 100 in the country, which apparently wasn't high enough for him. But you know what? He's playing better than when we're 100 in the country. He's playing like a five-star. <laughs> He's playing yeah. like a kid that, you know, when we do our, our sort of stock up, stock steady, stock down when it comes to the draft, he's 
to me, you got to remind me of this, of course, because I forget everything. He's a stock-up quarterback guy. We, we were questioning last week whether he was draft eligible. He very much is. I think he's going to play one year at Ohio State and then be off to the NFL. I'll have to say, as we go back through this, and, and I don't like to do this a whole lot, but you look at the quarterbacks ahead of him. Jacob Eason transferred out of Georgia after he lost his starting job and will be the quarterback at Washington next year. K.J. Cassell is having a great career at Stanford. Felipe Franks, eh, not the most pretty quarterback out there, but is actually putting up pretty decent numbers. And then four was a miss. Austin Kendall, the backup at Oklahoma, was ahead of asking. So uh, I'd block you on Twitter, too, if you put me behind Austin Kendall. <laughs> That's just mean right there. <laughs> you should never block me on Twitter. I'm so entertained. <laughs> so let's move to another impressive program in Notre Dame. Yeah. They took care wow. of your Stanford team. I mean, they just absolutely wiped up the table with them. What's a better education, Stanford or Notre Dame? Stanford, Stanford, right? Stanford's Stanford is. Stanford is the number one education in Division One college football, ahead of Duke, ahead of Notre Dame. Stanford is number one. They, they are clear number one. And ahead, of, ahead of Penn State. Ahead of, <laughs> ahead of Boston College, which is hard to do because that's a Jesuit Catholic education where you're learning to love God at the same time as, as learning about other things. But uh, no, they're they're definitely the number one education educational school, but it didn't really help. The, the smart guys at Notre Dame took care of the smart guys at Stanford. Uh, Bryce Love's season continues to spiral. Um, yeah. Ian yeah. Book continues wow. to look like Brian Kelly's a moron forever thinking Brandon Wimbush was the solution. I mean, you know, you got to credit Brian Kelly for putting Book in there and making the yeah. quarterback change, but now you're wondering how, what on earth did they ever see in Wimbush that made him the starter? Uh, and, and that's interesting. And there had always been that criticism of Brian Kelly that he's too hard on quarterbacks and kind of doesn't ruin them, but doesn't certainly develop them as, as he should. And I'll tell you, when I saw Ian Book in high school and I saw him a few times in person, not a kid that really blew you away. He doesn't have really the strongest arm ever. I mean, his leadership qualities are great, and I didn't see him run around like he did, but... Um, he is an athletic kid. He could get out and make plays. He's a playmaker. He's fearless. Uh, you gotta love what you've seen from him in those last two games. And at Wake Forest, okay, let's see. You know, let's see. Wake Forest is always, at least coming into this season, was a little hyped up, and you know the offense was supposed to be really, really good and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but but beating Stanford the way they did, uh, very impressive. Now now here's the here's the thing. Going to Virginia Tech, every, if, he, if Book has another big game. Everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But Virginia Tech this year has given up more than 300 yards passing a game. So I think Notre Dame could go in there and really, really throw the ball all over the all over the field against him, which is, which is just weird to say because I love how Virginia Tech plays. I love Bud Foster. I love the whole thing. But, um, you know, Notre Dame has been very impressive. And, again, Jerry Tillery uh, is yep. – amazing <laughs> as a football player really that is. defensive line is so tough they're really a really talented team i was looking back on tillery's old stuff too and everything we have on him everything is as an offensive lineman everything yeah uh he was at our regional camp in houston he was at our five-star challenge in baltimore he was at the irish invasion he was at army and it's all offensive line stuff all of it. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. So, they are playing so well. 
You so just flip well. the guy around, you put him in a, in a defense where he could play off the nose a little bit or play inside in a three technique, and he's just killing people. Coney, the same thing. Very, very talented kid. Their defense is clicking on all cylinders. Offensively, they're getting it done, even though they don't have great running backs, I don't think. Um, no. You know, they're opening holes, and they're, they're, they're moving the football. And Stanford is known for two things, running the football and stuffing the run. And they couldn't do either against Notre Dame at all. Yeah, and, and you know, leading into the season, David Shaw said that, you know, they were going to take a little bit of the load off of Bryce Love. And it felt like a McCaffrey thing in his sophomore year or, or you know, the year that he really broke out. He had a huge year. The next year, kind of a decoy. Still put up nice numbers. But Bryce Love has really just taken an incredible step back. Um, you know, you wonder if he's the number one running back on the board any longer. <laughs> Uh, for NFL teams, um, you just no, I don't think he is. Yeah, you just you just wonder about what's going on there. He doesn't look to seem to have the same burst. And they're not uh, letting him run inside. Lesser. I mean, I know he had that long touchdown they're not letting him run inside. run inside, but yeah, they don't let him run inside that much anymore. They're trying to get him out in space, and you just can't do that in the NFL. It just doesn't work. No, Alvin no. Kamara maybe, you know, but even he can run inside. So Bryce Love thinks he's going to be an outside runner, and it's not his fault. This is what they're doing to try to keep him healthy, and it's not working. He's still been injured. Um, right. I just think he's having a bad year overall. So let's move to Clemson. I've got very, very, very strong feelings on Kelly Bryant and his, his transfer. I think he screwed his teammates over, um, and nobody agrees with me. Everybody thinks, so. Oh, Kelly should do what's right for Kelly and all this other stuff. But when you're on a football team, and, and I'm talking about a team, and – you know, everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction, and, you know, you're, you're sort of a family. When you're told you're not going to start, you have two choices. You could do what Jalen Hurts did, which is say, that's okay. I'm going to keep working hard. If Tua goes down, I'm going to be there for my team, and that's why we're going to win a national championship. Or you could do what Kelly Bryant did, which is cry and say, forget it, I'm going to transfer. And this kid has no chance of being an NFL quarterback. He's not going to be drafted as such. Maybe he could play a different position, but that's doubtful as well. <clears throat> but when when Trevor Lawrence went down on Saturday, I knew right then and there, Chase Bryce is a good kid, never thought about transferring, stuck with the program, didn't pull a Hunter Johnson or, or didn't pull a, a, a Kelly Bryant. Um, I knew that Kelly Bryant really screwed his team because when Trevor Lawrence went down, it would have been really nice to turn to Kelly Bryant and say, listen, I know you lost your job. I know you were demoted, but we need you now to step up as a leader, as a senior leader and help our team. And I think they would have won that game against Syracuse, which they did anyways, but I think they would have won that game a lot easier. Now, let me ask you this question because I really don't know the answer. If he stayed the whole season, could he still have done graduate transfer and been somewhere no, else next year? he would have been done. Then he would have been done. He's a senior, so no grad transfer. He would have been done. He would have had, lost out on the ability to redshirt and have another year. And that's why it's tough. Listen, I understand the other part of it. If I play more than four games, I'm done. This yeah. is it. I'm the backup quarterback at Clemson. You know, for the foreseeable future, and my football career is over. But the peop the thing people don't understand is, it's not just 
yourself you're thinking about. It's your teammates. You want to win a national championship uh, championship at Clemson. The best thing you can do for the Christian Wilkins and Cleveland Farrells of, of the world and these guys who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this program who have come back for an extra year despite the fact that they could have been top 10 NFL draft picks, um, these guys came back to win it all. Damn. And you could stay and say, you know what, I'm going to handle this with maturity. This is not what I like. This is not what I want. I know he's a freshman. I know it's unlikely for me to win the job back, but if he goes down, I'm next man up and I'm ready. And, of course, in the first game Trevor Lawrence plays, <laughs> yeah. he goes down. He goes down. Yeah. And they have to turn to Chase Bryce, who, again, to his credit, is a guy who decided, I'm going to stay here. I'm here for more than just football. I'm here for a college education. I'm here for my teammates. I'm here for everybody else. So I was very, very happy for Chase Bryce. I was very happy to see Travis Etienne bail them out and yep. for Clemson to win that football game. And, again, I started thinking when they started saying that Kelly Bryant's still on campus. He's still enrolled in classes. Maybe he'll come back now. No, forget him. Yeah. Screw him. You, you gotta know? move on. You, you said who the starter is. It should have been week one. I think the only reason they let Kelly Bryant start was because of this reason. Because yeah. Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback overall, yeah, despite uh, the injury. Uh, what I didn't like from Kelly Bryant is that when he lost the starting job, he came out and said it was a slap in the face and he never got a fair shot. And you're like, come on, man. You, you, Trevor Lawrence is better than you. He had better stats um, in the first four games anyway. Uh, everyone knew what was happening here. And what is Dabo Swinney supposed to do, not recruit Trevor Lawrence because Kelly Bryant's the quarterback? So um, that I do – the the thing is it's a tough call. I mean, if he, if he wants to play another year of college football, he had to make that decision to transfer. I understand the whole team thing. Um, I, I don't know where I come down. I need more time to process this, Mike. I need to think about no, it more. What you need um, to do is you need to go with all of the other morons – who don't think about this at all, <laughs> who think that Kelly Bryant was wronged in some way. And I'd like to know how he was wronged. So think, think, um, play devil's advocate here. How was Kelly Bryant wronged in this situation? He was wronged because he took the, the team to the college football playoff last year. He had, he had the team at 4-0 this year and then was benched. So that's wronging him, even though the backup quarterback is more talented. Yes, that is, that is wronging him, as even, they would see it. Even though the timing of it was very inconspicuous, so that they benched him at a point where he could still keep his redshirt season if he wanted to. That was very considerate. But when the when the game got tight at Texas A&M, they didn't go to Trevor Lawrence. They went to Kelly Bryant. No, you're right. They certainly did. But they also... Could have started him against Syracuse and said, you're still our starter, and then lied to him. And then the next game, they could have said, oh, by right. the way, we're making the change now, and you're stuck. You're screwed. Yeah, yeah. That's why that it bothers was... me when he says it's a slap in the face. No, slap in the face would have been to wait till five games in, right. then and make then the change, yeah. and then you're stuck. Right, right. I just think no, it's Dab- Dabo handled it. Dabo handled it perfectly fine. Kel- of course, Kelly Bryant... You know he's playing second fiddle now. Not he's playing no fiddle now. So uh, he he has to be upset about this. And and you know the personality of some of these athletes. They think they're the best players in the history of the world. So 
no one can argue that Trevor Lawrence isn't a better quarterback. Um, I think devil's advocate, you can also say, why put a freshman in when we have NC State coming up, Florida State, the college football playoff to win, when you have a grizzled veteran who has already taken us there. So um, who might not be as talented, but has has an understanding of where we're going where we want to go this season. So I agree with you. I think Trevor Lawrence should have been the starter from day one. Um, and I think he's the better quarterback long term. Uh, but I don't think Kelly Bryant has an argument, but I could see, you know, where some people would say something. Well, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I no, I know. Say. I mean it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a different subject here because the next up is Oregon, Michigan, Washington State, but Clay Helton. He on yes. the hot seat? <laughs> win, win on the, you know, Clay Helton, man. You win on the road in the Pac-12 and, and you're on the hot seat again. <laughs> I just think that they have so much talent and they don't use it, you know. It's just, it's, someone said something that he, you know, he, he doesn't blow out bad teams, but he never loses to them, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, uh, you go to Arizona, Arizona's a mess. They don't let one of the best players in college football run the ball for some un still some unknown reason that no one will ever convince me is anything right, and they they win by four. They hang on, uh, you know, the week before Washington State. Washington State's not exactly a, a national powerhouse. They they win by three. You know, it's just not a very invigorating team, and this should be an offense with J T Daniels and three running backs who are very, very talented and four wide receivers who are very, very good. And yep. they just don't do anything. They're just not – I don't know what it is. It's they just should not be much better. I think Clay Helton's oh, got to be on the hot seat. Is he on the hot seat or the warm seat? I think he's on – I think he's on – I think he's on the warm seat because – you know, he won a Rose Bowl two years ago. <laughs> I mean, you, can you fire him now? Yeah, you could. Two years is a long time. I yeah. mean, they're not going to fire him mid-season. But, no. I mean, if things don't change around for USC, this is USC. It's not like the Pac-12 is a good conference either. No, it's not. It's and not Arizona's terrible. Yeah. Arizona got blown out at Houston. Blown out at Houston. It's just not playing up to their potential. So, I mean, when you see stuff like this... You have to wonder if he's the right guy. And I know it's been back and forth. It's even in his first year whether people thought he was the guy and he, he you know, he should be on the hot seat. But I think I just keep seeing USC play down to their opponents, and I'm like, this just makes no sense to me whatsoever. So I think by the end of the season, he'll be on the hot seat. Obviously, USC has no chance of the playoff. They have no chance of making a big splash. They could still win the conference, of course, but what's that do for you? You know, you have you have a guy. If you're if you think Clay Helton's on the hot seat, you have to ask yourself this: one, he's not a Lin Swan hire, so that's always important. Lin Swan's the AD at USC now, so that's always important that he has that out. Uh, is this a guy that will take you to the college football playoff with the talent that they have on that team? And I've said this for years: it doesn't matter about skill players. You know that that they got crushed by Ohio State on the line last year. Alabama did the same thing to them two years ago. And I know Mike doesn't like this word, but Alabama and Ohio State are elite football programs. Mm. USC is not there. They got blown out by Alabama two years ago. That game could have been even more out of hand. And Ohio State completely slaughtered 
that offensive line. I felt bad for Sam Darnold by the end of that game. So you can recruit all the skill players you want, but I see it every day in California. The linemen, you see it at the five-star challenge. You see it at the opening. You see it at all these places. The linemen that come out of California look like little kids compared to the linemen that come out of the Southeast and the Midwest. It's just true. And so until you get back into the Southeast and so you could go dip into the Midwest or to Texas for linemen, you're going to be in trouble. National, you're missing national a perspective. full region as well, by the way. The Mid-Atlantic. That's correct. Because the Southeast doesn't produce offensive linemen. Not great ones, anyway. Yeah, that's true. Not traditionally. They have a few here and there, but they're always a disappointment as well. But the West is just awful. Horrible. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Speaking of the West, Oregon beat Cal. I picked Cal to win in the upset. Their defense let me down. They were, what, fifth in the NCAA in total defense heading into that game and just laid an egg completely. So Oregon with a nice bounce-back victory. And Michigan, talk about a gutty win. Down 17 nothing. Did yeah. not look good. Came out flat. Uh, they just persevered and won a very important game against Northwestern there. And Karan Higdon, I think, is one of those guys that just doesn't get enough credit. No, absolutely not. And I think that was the biggest deficit that Harbaugh had been under since he had been there. So going to Northwestern, it sounds stupid, but going to Northwestern is a tough place to play. That It's really not the most fabulous college football environment. Uh, the, the crowd is not exactly loud. Um, you know, it's a beautiful setting in the Chicago area, Chicago land as they call it. Um, but to get up for that game could be tough sometimes. And Northwestern's, you know, very, you know, technical and very sound and doesn't do a lot wrong. So going in there, getting down 17, nothing to be able to fight back and claw back for that win was very impressive. Um, I think they take care of Maryland this weekend and then things might get ugly. Wisconsin, well, let, let's say not ugly, but things get a little more challenging with Wisconsin at Michigan State, Penn State, and then they have to go to Rutgers, which is never easy. Ah, that's never easy. <laughs> Clearly the MVP of that Michigan team is not Shea Patterson, though. It's Karan Higdon. Yes, it, it definitely is. It definitely is Karan Higdon. He's battled some injuries already this year, but he's such a hard runner. Um, and I do think Shea Patterson allows Michigan's offense – when they face defenses to not have crowded lines, they, they at least believe that Shea Patterson can throw the ball down the field. Nico Collins, I think, leads the team in receptions. Donovan Peoples-Jones setting crazy records compared to what he did last year. And so, uh, you know, Higdon has a little more space to run the ball and uh, just a tough, hard-nosed runner that, that is perfect for Harbaugh's offense. But when he doesn't run the ball well, they don't succeed on offense, and that's really no. the, the reason why I have him as their MVP. Okay, the only team that can run for zero yards and has done it twice in the last five years and still win a fo football game is... Washington State. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, they're like Army in reverse. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, and Utah, it's so as I predicted this season, very disappointing. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, everybody picks them as their sleeper... And they're going to compete, and they're going to push teams. They don't do anything. They stink. Yeah. And here's the thing. If Mike Leach wasn't such a, let's say, odd character, I mean, he's t he, he made the careers of so Luke Falk was at Cornell, was it? Had no offers out of high school. 
then put up huge numbers in that offense. Gardner Minshew is a transfer from East Carolina, and he is putting up huge numbers in that offense. The receivers they have, very average, marginal guys. Jimmer Calvin's tiny. Uh, you know, James Williams is a running back that they throw to a lot. I mean, the guy really is an offensive genius. And if you put him on in a program with like really skilled players, let's say at like a USC, can you imagine what he would do offensively? I mean, USC scored 24 points at Arizona. Arizona has marginal three-star talent. They're, they're, they have been a joke this year under Kevin Sumlin. They have a quarterback who is incredibly athletic that they don't let run. So, uh, you know, Mike Leach, I, I got off on a Kevin Sumlin tangent there. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, put Mike Leach in a program where he has skill players that are the best in the country with a quarterback that's one of the best in the country. I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do in, in Washington State. Yeah, except he can never get another job because he's a complete bozo. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I've heard about some of the interviews he's had at other positions, and it's just been a comedy of errors. So he'll stay in Washington State till he's dead. And we'll, well never see his offense at USC or any place else. Wasn't the rumor last year that uh, the Tennessee AD was in LA and secretly interviewed Mike Leach for the Tennessee job, and the president of the school made the AD fly home that night or something? Yeah, because he it's was like, just to get why yelled are you at. Wasting your time <laughs> yeah. interviewing that clown. I heard about his interview at Maryland before they hired Randall Yetzel. It was just shocking, absolutely shocking. <laughs> what he said and did at that interview. So, I mean, he's not going anywhere. That guy is stuck at Washington State forever. ACC, that second best team in the ACC is... It's got to be Miami. My, well, yeah, Miami is easy. Be. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina stinks, but they just blew them out. But there's yeah. no other team you can consider. I mean, that's how sad the ACC is. The ACC sucks. I mean, there's Clemson and there's everybody else, and Clemson's a little bit iffy after almost losing to Syracuse. But who else is a good team in the ACC? Yeah, I, I still hold, I'm still holding out hope for NC State, but no, we'll see. They're going to lose to Boston College this weekend. Yeah, could could be. Um, you know, Syracuse isn't a horrible team. Yeah, but they're done. They had their yeah. one chance. I mean, they were four and zero. They beat Florida State. This was their chance to go 5-0, and get back in the top 25 for the first time in 100 years, and they blew it. They should have won that game. There's no doubt they should have won that game, but they blew it. Yeah, and it's interesting because, and this is something you could write for your three-point stance whenever you want to, if, if you want to. How many teams, good teams, have changed quarterbacks already this season? And Miami's another one. Nikosi Perry's the man there now, it seems yeah. like. Um, That's you a know. good move, though. That was a move that should have been made. In fact, he was the guy that was supposed to win the job last year heading into the season. Yeah. And it just didn't happen for some reason. And then, you know, a full year and a half later almost, he's the starter. And then they look much more potent. But it's hard to gauge Miami when they're playing North Carolina. North Carolina is really horrible. I mean, just yes. a horrible football team. Larry Fedora has got to be on the hot seat. And it's and it's and it's incredible because he was one of the hottest names in looking at other yeah, jobs, went, and everybody it, wanted to hire. Two years ago, they went to the ACC title game. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think this stretch. I know, I know, and he's talking about CTE like he's an expert, and it's just 
awful. But this stretch, I think, is going to be tough for Miami, and we'll see where Miami falls after this because Florida State this weekend is always going to be a hotly contested battle. I think at Virginia could get tricky for them. Uh, Bryce Perkins is doing a really good job. Could be a difficult place to play. At Boston College, never easy to go to Chestnut Hill, Mike. Never, never easy. Never, never easy. And There's then at Duke. least 30,000 people there going. <laughs> so the schedule t- uh, gets much, much tougher uh, coming up here. But I still think Miami's a very good team. I would have loved to see Perry play in that game against LSU because Miami had receivers open and Malik Rozier was throwing the ball either to LSU or 20 yards out of bounds. So um, it would have been interesting to see looking back if Miami could have made that game a little bit more competitive. And Florida State actually won a game, but did you see how Bobby Petrino blew that game? No, I didn't watch that one. I, 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 uh, couldn't, I couldn't muster up the energy. Well, anyways, let's just put it this way. <laughs> Louisville was up by 14 in the fourth quarter, and they should have never, ever, ever lost that football game. So Florida State wins. Now they're, what, 3-2, and two, showing signs of life. doesn't really matter because they're not a competitor. No. Um, no. But when you talk about the ACC... I mean, how many chances does anybody have of beating Clemson moving forward? You know what you know, the interesting thing is? The thing is, um, and we're, it, we might be way too early to be talking about this, but wouldn't it be a shame if Clemson won this conference and then got left out because Notre Dame was taken ahead of them? No, they could. And you know what? It would serve them right. You know, Clemson, <laughs> you can't beat Syracuse coming back in the fourth quarter by a less than a touchdown. If you're going to struggle with teams like that, then you deserve to be left out. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I got for Twitter Tuesday coming up is, you know, if such and such wins out, you know, if Oklahoma wins out, if Clemson wins out, if Alabama wins out, if Ohio State wins out, and I forget who the other one was. It wasn't really Georgia, but uh, who gets left out? It was Notre Dame, obviously, the 15th. Who gets left out of the playoff? My guess would be Clemson because their strength of schedule is horrible. They don't play any top 25 teams. Um, the ACC is horrendous. I think Oklahoma plays a tougher schedule. Obviously, we know Alabama's getting in. We know Ohio State's getting in. And there's no way they're going to let Notre Dame out. If Notre Dame runs the no. table goes 12-0, and there's no way on earth that the NCAA and television and all that money is going to let Notre Dame stay out of the playoff. And people say, well, they won't let Notre Dame in because, uh, you know, they don't, they're not in a conference. I don't care. Money talks. No, Notre Dame's getting in. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame Notre is getting Dame in. Notre Dame on national television in a playoff game would be worth so much money to somebody, uh, whatever network it is, that they're getting in. So I think it would be uh, Clemson over Oklahoma that would be out of the, out of the playoff. I'm telling you, nobody's talking about them, and they will disappoint me much like Mississippi State has disappointed me. But the other team that I was very high on coming into the season, West Virginia, that's going to be an interesting problem that they're going to have if they run the table here because that offense, I, I, I can't see anybody slow. Like maybe someone will outscore them, but I will be shocked if Will Greer and, the, and, that, and those wide receivers get shut down by anybody, including well, Oklahoma. I think there's one team that's going to outscore them twice. Outscore them twice. Yes. They'll beat them in the regular season, and they'll beat them in the so-called Big 12 championship game. Kansas this weekend? Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> the name of that team is Oklahoma. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they look ridiculous. I mean, Kyler Murray accounted for seven touchdowns, I believe it was. Yeah, but two weeks ago they no, looked ridiculous Baylor. against Army. So we don't know. I don't think we know much about Oklahoma yet. Well, that's true. But they weren't up for Army. And Army's hard to prepare for. That's true, too. But their and offense didn't even score. Come on. They run the ball like 98% of the time. They All the cut blocking and everything. It's just difficult to prepare for Army. So I think you see more of a wide-open offense when you play at Baylor. Tries to match them up with speed. Just can't do it. West Virginia's defense is better than Baylor's, but I just don't think they could stop Oklahoma in any way, shape, or form. And I think Oklahoma not not can stop West Virginia, but I think they could win a 52 to 35 game, something like that. And I think they could do it twice if they need to. We'll see. I mean, that would obviously be the situation. And there's tough games ahead. Going to Texas is not going to be easy. That defense is good. TCU, eh, everybody hypes up TCU every year, and then they lose every game. Uh, at Oklahoma State, and I'm not so sure about that Oklahoma State offense with Taylor Cornelius now, but Oklahoma obviously is the spot. So we'll see. I mean, I, I just look at them, and Will Greer is so good. They have three, four receivers that are incredibly talented. The offense just seems to run itself. We'll see if they can stop somebody. Let's get to Shame because we get we're already shame 40, is better. Yeah. 48 minutes into this, so let's get this over with. Penn State, okay. shame on you for blowing a lead. A big double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Shame on Stanford. Coming out strong in the games, 14-14 at one point. Then when flat, couldn't run the ball, stopped the run. Shame on Kelly Bryant for giving up and quitting because you're a quitter. Shame on Northwestern for giving up a 17-0 lead to Michigan. Shame on Baylor's defense for not showing up. Shame on Ole Miss' defense for even being a, 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 a... a group, I guess you could just say, shame at old Mrs. Defenses for being alive. <laughs> just horrible. Yeah. Shame on Tennessee. You looked horrible as usual. Shame on Duke for losing to Virginia Tech, who had just lost to Old Dominion. Shame on Cal, undefeated, primed for a big win over Oregon and just laid an egg. Shame on Auburn, who still can't get their stuff together. I mean, old Southern Miss was a team they probably should have beaten badly they can't get their running game going they can't get their passing game going shame on louisville as i mentioned for blowing that 14 point lead shame on pitt pitt looks horrible what a horrible yes. football team they got to get rid of their coach he's on the hot seat right narduzzi? i would i would i would imagine i mean narduzzi is known as this defensive wizard he was great at michigan state ucf ran all over them that defense is completely god awful god awful how about shame and, on tcu uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I say shame on TCU. I mean, that's just three they, straight games that look crappy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like I just said, every year it's, oh, TCU's going to give a run for the money in the Big 12. TC, Gary Patterson's a great coach, and I think Gary Patterson's a great coach, but he only can, he can only work with so much. Uh, you know, come on, TCU. You, you look bad. Shame on Nebraska. Lack of discipline. Definitely. Shame yeah, on UCLA. Yeah. Are they going to win a football game this year, Gordon? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and they played Colorado tough for two quarters maybe, um, then packed it in, and Colorado just blew them away. I don't know I if don't they know, won a game. I, I don't know who they beat. You know, they have Washington this week they're going to lose. At Cal is going to be tough. Arizona, Utah, Oregon, Arizona State, USC, Stanford. Their 0-12 is a possibility, strong possibility. Yeah. 
Because once Owen, once Owen 5 or Owen 6 come, that means everybody just goes, all right, had enough, next, <laughs> we're, we're done. that is to do, though, to go Owen 12? <laughs> yeah, it's very hard. I mean, it's, even Rutgers has a win. Yeah. Pick, pick the game they win. Do they beat Arizona at home? No, they're not going to win any games. I'm saying, Owen 12 is hard, but they're going to do it. <laughs> they're going to fight through they, adversity and, and go Owen 12. Amazing. They've lost three. They've lost three games by more. Three, the last three games they've lost by twenty points or more. Uh, they lost to Fresno State by twenty-four points. And last Fresno State. Last shame. Shame on James Franklin for calling his team great. They're not great. They are great people, Mike. Yeah, but they're not great football teams. You, you know what the last shame is? The last shame is uh, the people that put the, the AP Top 25 together. Because Auburn is 8th in the country. West Virginia, undefeated, is ninth. Penn State lost by 1 at home. They're 11th. M- make, the, make that argument for me. How, how is well, that possible? Washington, where's Washington ranked? 10th, ahead of Penn State. Yeah, but that's why Auburn's 8th. Penn State, name a good victory Penn State has. Pitt. Ha, <laughs> Pitt. Pitt stinks. <laughs> so you have no good victories. None. Who else were you complaining about? I, I'm complaining about Auburn at eight. Right, but Auburn has a good victory over Washington, a top ten team. West Virginia, nine, Who have behind they beat? Auburn. Who have they Te- they, they went to Texas Tech? Tech and won. Yeah. Texas Tech, number 25 in the country. Every time they get ranked, they lose. You watch you watch Auburn play football and West Virginia play football, and you tell me who's better. They went to Tennessee and won by twenty six. I think that would be a good game, honestly, because Auburn's defense is pretty good. They beat Kansas State by twenty nine. Come on, these Kansas are State three of the stinks. Yeah, but their defense is usually pretty good. No, well they, coached they, team. This year they suck. Yeah, and honestly, they do suck. I, I watch them play. They are they are bad. That's a bad football they're team. They're really hard to watch because they're so yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> Are boring. Bad. It's like, it's like they're coached by an eighty-year-old guy or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah, I'm it telling is weird. You, there's a lot of games that are really boring to watch. A lot of college football games are so <laughs> boring. Georgia, Tennessee was just like, I'm sitting there ready to cut myself. Yeah. Because that game sucked so bad, and you yeah. knew Georgia was going to win, but all they did was run the ball. They couldn't yeah, it was throw like, the ball. It felt like Georgia was like, God, we have to play this game, but we don't want anybody hurt, so let's just wind it down here. Let's get this over with. Clemson-Syracuse was supposed to be some riveting fourth-quarter comeback. That was boring as all snot, too. Yeah. I'm telling you. College football, four hours, it's just too long. they got to shorten it somehow. Penn State-Ohio State went for three hours, 49 minutes. That was a good game, at least. Yeah, yeah. That was exciting, but, I mean... Four-hour games. They got to get rid of this garbage. Are we previewing Oklahoma, Texas? Because that oh, line yeah, is yeah, only yeah. seven points. Well, there's some other good games too. Next week. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I saw another one. Hold on, I'll go down the list here. Oklahoma, Texas is a good game. I think Oklahoma wins that game by probably thirty. I don't do know. Think? Oh, you I think Texas know. is going to win that game? Hold on, I want to see where the betting public is on this game, and then I'll tell you where I feel that things are going to fall. Oh, that was another good game I saw. 
LSU Florida is interesting to me. LSU Florida is interesting, yeah. Uh, for some reason, it's not working. Maybe there are any uh, other games. No, I think next week is kind of a down week. Yeah, it seems kind of down. Ew. NC State opens as a no, four-point favorite. Notre Dame, favorite. Virginia Tech's pretty good. I don't think that's all that good of a game. I don't know. The line's not up. I don't see the line. Hold on. Virginia uh, Tech no. looked pretty good. They Ryan lost the Old Dominion. Yeah, but Ryan Willis is the real deal, man. He came in off second string, let him over Duke. Notre Dame doesn't look that great. I mean... They, they struggled with Wake Forest. They struggled with Ball State. I don't think they're undefeatable. In any they way, beat Wake Forest by 29. It's in Blacksburg, Lane Stadium. Welcome Doesn't to the matter. jungle. Doesn't matter. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, the Enter stuff. Sandman. Enter, Enter Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, that's a great song. I don't know. That could be a tough game for them. They give up 300 yards passing a game. Oklahoma's going to crap all over Texas, I think. You think? Yeah, I do. And I think Texas is kind of back. And I picked them to win their next two games, but I did not pick them to beat Oklahoma. Kyler Murray's playing this game like it's like it's a freaking video game, man. Yeah. How do you stop him? I don't know. Yeah. It looked like Baylor Baylor it looked like Baylor had had it figured out for 5 what, minutes minute? and then it yeah, and then it just got completely out of hand. No, it's it is a really crappy week next week actually. Yeah, it's not it's not a great week. LSU Florida is good. Uh, that's really it. That means then you know two, there's going to be two, a huge upset. Games. Like Maryland's yes. going to beat Michigan, or Kansas is going to beat West Virginia. Something weird's going to happen. Yeah, it, it could be interesting. I think Florida. Uh, it's not a major upset, but I think Florida could finally knock off LSU from this national title hunt. Hope. And Boston uh, College should take care of NC State. Well, if NC AJ State's Dillon's four and a half healthy. point favorites. Depends on yeah, if AJ he, Dillon's healthy. He's questionable. My fantasy team, by the way, sucks. I picked up Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback. <laughs> I thought that was a good pickup. Yeah, yeah it didn't terrible. work out. I put KJ Costello on the bench, and things didn't work out so well for me. But Florida yeah. State, Miami's next week, and nobody cares. That's awesome. Yeah, no, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. Miami should probably destroy them. I think Auburn at Mississippi State is a good game if for people that really yeah. like watching football. Auburn, that'll be a boring game, but you got to figure Auburn will win that. But it's at Mississippi State, so. And what do we have in recruiting? We just had something happen. Trey Knox committed to Arkansas. Arkansas is Arkansas. recruiting really, really, really well. Absolutely, you sell the misery. That's the way to do it. You. These, these guys who are having it's a bad hard, season. Sometimes it's hard to sell the misery. But you can come in and change it all around, you know? Can Immediate we talk more about time. Kelly Bryant? Because people really hated my take on Kelly Bryant. <laughs> no, I'm done talking about it Kelly Bryant. It was the only thing I, I tweeted about that people care about. <laughs> Screwed over his teammates. Selfish. Horrible. I'm so tired of these selfish kids. I saw some idiot... That I actually know, so I don't want to call him an idiot. But uh, uh, put on Facebook this week that enough WTF, James Franklin. It's time to bring back Coach Matt Rule to, to Penn State. And I'm like, hey, moron! They, he just gave up 66 at Oklahoma. He's not exactly uh, yeah, he had a hot chance. commodity right now. He had his chance. Remember after the Minnesota game, 
James Franklin was on the hot seat. Matt Rule was a hot coach at Temple. If if um, if they didn't win that game, because I think it was what one or two games later where they beat Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. In Happy Valley, two it years ago. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been Matt Rule leading the league right now for Penn State, but uh. But before James Franklin, it could have been Randy Edsel. Franklin's Oof. fine though, but I don't know. Enough of the the speeches just get me. Yeah, no. We're done being great. Well, yeah. Let me know when that started. Yeah, win a game and then uh, then I'd talk. I'd like to know if we're gonna be great as a Penn State fan, so I can follow along and kind of relish in that greatness. Yeah. We're done being great. No, you haven't started being great, buddy. How about now, this? Arkansas has. Arkansas has. See, I I took you off that. I I was feeling that, and so I wanted to move you away. Uh, Arkansas has more four-star commits than LSU has three five-stars, but uh, then Ole Miss, then Auburn. Oh, Auburn has three five-star commits too. Then South Carolina, as many as Florida, more than Mississippi State. They're doing pretty well. Somebody's about to walk into my front yard where my dog poops all the time. (laughs) Okay. And we don't pick up the poop. (laughs) You are those people, aren't you? Yep. But it's my yard. They shouldn't be in my yard. Why does your dog poop in the front yard and not the backyard? It's the side yard. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive compound, Dave, so you have to understand. It's like it all blends into one big yard. But gotcha. they're about to step in so much dog poop, they have no idea. What is it, the UPS guy or something? No, it's some people. I don't know what they're doing out here. Are you concerned that people are walking onto your property? Are they wearing masks? <laughs> no. no. They Carrying were, weapons? Listen, if you want to enter my house and shoot me and kill me, go ahead. Does it say FBI on their jacket? Then Gorney's in charge. <laughs> oh, please, Mike, run. Hide in your basement. Good luck to you. <laughs> Leading this team of misfits. Have fun. Let me know how it works out. All right, we're almost over an hour. Oh, we're over an hour. Oh, we're done. Come Let's on. Let's end this crap. This was right. awful. Let's Time for back, a dude. union break. <laughs> <laughs>